You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. Hi guys, I'm Katherine Griffiths. And I'm Stefania Romeo. You're listening to This Life Explains It All, Vera's podcast. Our goal with Vera is to make what we call modern wellness accessible, bringing you experts in health, mind and body, entrepreneurs, leadership, and sharing some of the work that we do through our coaching with you. So today's episode is a solo episode with me and Stefania, and we're going to be talking about the ways we've tried to protect or guard ourselves from having specific outcomes and what we can do about it. Yeah, we're talking about those times where we have maybe even unknowingly made decisions or acted out of preparing for the worst case scenario or imagining the worst. Catherine, Mm -hmm. I saw a funny meme yesterday and actually sent to our friend group, but I want to read it because I feel like it's kind of relevant to this conversation. But it was a woman, it was a meme where the woman said, men fall asleep so quick, bro, what is the secret? And the man said, we don't create fake scenarios in our heads that keep us up all night. (laughs) I love it. I love that meme. It's so true. It's kind of in the vein of this conversation. It's a little bit different, but... Yeah, it's so true. The amount of scenarios I've created in my head that don't actually happen are uncountable. It's like, what's the balance of having an awareness and being prepared versus driving yourself crazy? 100%. So we're going to talk about some of the lessons that we've had there, some of the tools and tactics that we've used in our own lives and the tools that we use in our coaching work when we're working with others that have made a big impact in their lives. So normally at the top of each episode that comes at the beginning of the month, which is what this one is, we have our astrologer, Cassandra Joan Butler, do a quick look ahead for all of the astrological signs. It's something that we love to supplement into our month and helps us make sense of everything. This week, she is at the close of the episode. So you will hear her giving her look ahead for the month of October toward the end of the episode. Yeah. And before we get into the conversation, we want to thank you for being part of our community. We are constantly applying our experience from our long careers in startups, leadership, and from transitioning from successful roles in tech and media into starting something new on our own. Along with the teachings and lessons we learn from this work and our ongoing education, you can book time to work with either of us one-on-one. Yeah, we've been getting some feedback lately that a lot of you didn't know that this offering is available. And so we're taking the time to let you know. 
We coach women and men through career transitions or getting to the next level in their job or career, just as we've done time and again. We guide on the actual steps to take to get to that next level or bring in more money in your current role or in your next step in your career. More importantly, we guide on how to live and work in alignment with your purpose so that life feels at ease, that you can have the things you want, call in what is meant for you, even if you're not sure what that is now, without pushing so hard, but instead receiving. So if you're interested in learning about working with us one-on-one through the method that we've developed, reach out to us at vera at veralife.com or fill in the coaching form on our website. Yeah. And for those of you looking to put together something larger, we also work with companies, teams, friend groups for group sessions and workshops. So you can reach out to us about that as well. All right, let's get into the conversation. So the reflection on what does it mean and what's the why behind this idea of bracing for impact or planning for the worst case scenario. As I was reflecting on this, I remembered a really, really instrumental teaching that I got many years ago from one of you know my first teachers as an adult to help me understand the world a little bit better. And I've actually been thinking about this a lot, actually, Kat, lately. I started really devoted practice to going to Bikram yoga every single day because there was something really difficult happening in my life at that time. A relationship was no longer that I thought would be longer than that. And I was just going through a really tough time and trying to find myself. And I found this practice and it was so amazing for me because it really pushed my physical limits and that helped me to grow on the inside as well. And that's when I learned that, okay, you can actually grow by making yourself uncomfortable. And if you can do that in the physical, then it will translate into the the mental, emotional as well. But I loved, loved going to this and it was so healing and I was getting more advanced in my practice, but there were a couple of postures that I always would hold off on going full out. And one day, Trisha, the instructor came over to me and said, She was also kind of a spiritual teacher of sorts. She came over to me and said, stop pacing yourself right now. And I was like, what is she talking about? And she was like, you're pacing yourself. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, you're not doing that posture full out every time because you think that if you do it full out, you won't be able to finish the next posture and then you won't be able to finish the class. But you will never grow if you pace yourself and hold back from the thing that you think may prevent you from doing the next thing. And I realized that she was right. I wasn't going full out because in my head, I was thinking that if I go fall out on this, I mean, this was a very, very difficult class, difficult postures, a hot room that I wouldn't be able to do the next and maybe I wouldn't finish the class. But I learned in that room over many months and years ahead that you have to put it all out there. If you can, you must, but also if you must, you can. And by going all out, going all the way, that's how you're going to grow and expand so that maybe not the next time you won't be able to fully finish the class or do the next hard thing. But a few times after that, it'll get easier and then you'll be able to do so much more than you thought. And so that was such an important moment for me. And I think about it, it was probably 10 years ago at this point. And I think about it a lot whenever I catch myself pacing myself, 
or also bracing for impact. And that was something else that I had done in the class where I, before I was about to do a posture that I knew would be very difficult, I would get a little tension in my face like, oh, this is going to be hard. Mm. But I hadn't even done it yet. I hadn't even done the hard thing yet. And and I was already preparing in my body for how hard it was going to be. So I learned through the physical practice that when we don't pace ourselves, that's when we grow. And when we can release the bracing for impact feeling, that's when we can be at ease and be in flow. And so I've used these principles throughout my life and now in coaching so much because they have changed so, so much for me. And even now thinking about being here, I've been asking myself every day, are are you pacing yourself and are you bracing for impact? Like, how can you make decisions around your vision, your beliefs, like your own worth and not planning for the worst case scenario or bracing for impact or waiting for something bad to happen. Yeah. I think that's such a great metaphor. What Trisha, your teacher said to you for life. It made a lot of sense. I even think about that in the, in the big things in life too, like mm-hmm. getting married or moving to a new place. All those things are really scary. And if you're bracing or you're pacing yourself, you might say, you know what, I'm actually not going to take the plunge right now. And because I don't know, like I've had failed relationships in the past. So this one might be similar. So I just want to wait and make sure that that doesn't happen again. So I'm not going to do it. Or I don't want to move to that location because I have no idea what will happen or if I'll be able to make friends in that new location. That's like, it just made me think of all those big examples on why we'd hesitate to do things because we can't predict the outcome. And if we just went for it, even if the decision turns out to be the worst thing that we could ever think of, the amount of growth that happens in that moment is so powerful and it kind of takes us like 10 steps ahead of where we were before. Yeah. And I feel like in the former examples that you gave where it's like, well, I won't do this because of this, it's all fear and it's all based on fear. Mm -hmm. So then it's like, how can we release that fear so that we're not making decisions based on fear and scarcity, but on Mm -hmm. believing that there's abundance and possibility and that we find our alignment by doing the thing that lights us up, that brings us joy. There's kind of like, I don't know if you feel like this, but sometimes I feel like there's like helpful fear that's like survivalist and it's like, watch out. And you know, when you just know something's off and you play into it versus the fear, that's an exciting fear. And I feel like that kind of fear, like the exciting growth fear in the body sometimes kind of feels like when you're going on a roller coaster and the roller coaster is like clicking up (laughs) and you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, I don't know if I should have done this. I wish I didn't get on this. Those people on the ground, they seem so comfortable and fine. And you're like, oh, but then, then the release comes and then it's so fun. And you're like, okay, thank God I did that. I'm so glad I did it. I feel like that like is the growth fear feeling for me at least versus the, you know, real survival fear. Yeah. Like you're really, really living when you have the courage to step out into the unknown, when you have no idea what's going to happen, but you know that that's the path that you want to be on, but you don't know what's going to happen. That's when you feel that roller coaster feeling that, okay, I'm really living now. Yeah. I also love that quote, being comfortable is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. I always ask myself, am I a little too comfortable? Do I have to do a little something to get out of my comfort zone again? Because it does, you feel like that rush, like, okay, I'm, I'm really living now. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. 
Talking about quotes, that reminded me of the quote that I mentioned the other day to you that I love, the Glennon Doyle quote, where she says, everything I thought I couldn't handle, I kept on handling. And I would bet that every person listening to this, including ourselves, have been in a situation that we, prior to that, felt like, I don't know what I would do if that happened. I don't know what I would do if I found myself in that place. But you figure it out. The things that you think you cannot handle, you can. And you've probably proven it to yourself before. Yeah. And I think what we think the situation will be like in our heads is so much worse than the actual situation. Yeah. Have you experienced that? Like it's like when either the worst case scenario happens or, you know, semi worst case scenario happens, it's never as bad as what you make up in your head because we can handle it. Once we're in the moment and we know this is happening and it's not that unknown feeling where we have to make it up, we know, okay, now I know what the situation is and what I have to do to handle it. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I also apply this to getting a little bit more comfortable just expressing or saying when something's off or I'm ready to leave a situation or even leaving a job. I remember before I left Uber, I was so nervous about how it was going to go and what was going to happen and what they were going to think and if I was letting anyone down. My boss, who was a great guy, great, great person, consider him a friend still, came in from out of town and I was at my computer (laughs) Googling how to quit your job consciously or something like that. And he wasn't supposed to be there that day and, and came up and I was like, oh my God, he saw me. And I was like, okay, Stefania, this is your sign. Get this out, put it out there and it's going to be fine. And it was the most conscious, kind, thoughtful conversation and transition that happened after that. But I think just addressing it really helps. And we're going to talk a little bit later about a few of the tips and tactics that you can use if you're finding yourself navigating through a situation where this is coming up. An example that comes to mind for me and actually comes to mind a lot whenever I am about to take a risk or make a change or go on the path that lights me up is when we first moved to New York and I moved there without a job. And it was just the scariest time because I had enough money for one month's rent. So my fear was all around the financials of it. And sure, I could have asked my parents for money if I really needed to, but it was something that I wanted to do for myself. And I wanted to show that I'm independent. I'm moving to New York. I'm doing this all myself. So funny. I was not in that headspace at all. (laughs) I was like, mom, can I have a credit card? (laughs) I know. know. It's weird. I've always been like that. I'm not anymore, just so everyone knows. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I moved there and I, I didn't have a job and I just, and you would remember this. I was so worried every day. I'm like, what if I don't get it? I never find a job. What if I have to leave? I want to be able to stay. Like, this is just, this is so hard. All of the worries, all of the worst case scenarios, I'll have to leave and all this stuff. And I remember calling my dad actually freaking out and he was just like, Catherine, you just moved there like a day ago. <laughs> he said, be he said, be patient. You'll find something. I know you. You you got this. You'll be absolutely fine. 
And it was absolutely fine. I actually worked as my first job in New York was as a waitress. Remember at that cafe, 12A. 12A. (laughs) So that was my, my first job just to, you know, just to feel like, okay, I have a job. There's some money coming in. And then I ended up getting a job at Guild Group. And that was an amazing experience. Well, in the middle, you were Frederick Fakai's second assistant for- Oh yeah, that's right. I was Frederick (laughs) Fakai's second assistant for a little while. (laughs) And then- He broke his leg or something, so he didn't need a second assistant anymore. And then I was at Guilt Group for a couple of years, and then I ended up at BuzzFeed. So BuzzFeed was like, you know, the experience and career that really changed everything for me. So it all ended up working out, but that fear and that worrying in the beginning was just so over the top that I ended up getting, you know, jobs and roles that I probably, I mean, it it was in my early twenties. It doesn't really matter, but like probably out of scarcity, like, okay, I'm just going to go get this job at a cafe just so I feel like there's something coming in versus really believing in myself and believing that the right thing will come along. Mm -hmm. So I always look back at that time when I'm about to take a risk because that was just such a turning point experience for me and being in New York and living with you, having all of our friends there. And it was just, I feel like I really grew up there and it was the best decision I've ever made. So anytime I'm about to take a risk, I think about that. Even when I moved to Australia, I thought, okay, every time I've taken a risk in the past, it's always been way better than I thought it would be. And even when I left my nine to five job, that took a long time for me to get in the headspace to do it. And because it's like, this is it and I'm not going to go back. So it just took a really long time to get me to that position where, okay, I have to be comfortable with, you know, at least in the beginning, not having something consistent coming in. Whereas that has been the case for, you know, 15 years since I started working. So it's just no, like knowing that, that's not going to be the case and that's okay because I'm following what I really want to be doing. So I think it's just reminding, I guess like reminding yourself of the times that you have taken a risk and when it has actually worked out really well, even though it was a little rocky. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I feel like the theme and the through line through that is also building trust. So how do you build trust with yourself? And this actually really aligns to the tactics and tools that we're going to share in terms of how to build trust with yourself and get into alignment. But I think that is also a great point, which is you've probably already proven it to yourself in some way before. We so often are just focused on the next thing and where you're at right now that really like taking a step back and thinking about what was the last hard thing that I did? Or when was a time where I thought that I really wasn't going to be able to do something or I wasn't going to be able to deliver. And Mm -hmm. I did. And just even looking at like, where were you five years ago compared to now? And what are the ways that you've grown? I think is a great way of showing ourselves that you've already done what you maybe think you cannot do or what feels scary. I really manifest things. Yeah. I always have, even when we were in New York, like I remember I would, I think I told you this before, I would be like, oh my God, all those things that I said I wanted, I actually have, but I don't notice that I have them because I'm already on to the next thing. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's never, Yeah, so it's like about sitting there and reflecting and just reflecting on what did I do to get those things that I wanted so badly and now I have them, what did I do to get those? And 
what have I learned about myself and how much have I grown? I feel like that reflection piece really did change a lot for me and just reflecting on how proud and impressed I am with myself in terms of that growth makes you feel like just being your own cheerleader, being like, good job. Like Mm -hmm. you can keep doing this now. Like look at how great you're doing. Yeah. So there are so many different tactics and tools of reflection that are helpful with something like this, with decision-making or whether you're navigating through a time where you could use a little bit more guidance in terms of understanding what do you really want. One of the ones that I love and that I know people find really helpful is the exercise of, give it a chance, writing your own obituary. The idea with this is not to be sad and morbid, but instead to reflect on what do you want the story of your life to be? What do you want to contribute to this world? And what do you want to experience in this life? And really get honest with yourself from the vantage point of being on the other side of it all. And then reflect on that and use that as a North Star of sorts and ask yourself in your life, is this thing that I'm doing right now, is this decision that I'm making right now in line with, even if it's the teeniest, tiniest step toward it, in line with what I want this story of my life to be, what I want to experience and contribute? Yeah, that's such a good exercise. Make sure that when you're doing it, you have a lot of time and space and you're alone and you can really think about it. But I've I've had a lot of revelations from doing that exercise. And I think it just makes it feel like, it makes everything feel a lot clearer in your life when you can say, okay, well, this is who I want to be and this is how I want to be remembered. So does this map up to it? Yes or no. And it helps you with those hell yeses or, or no decisions in your life. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think it puts it in context. And for me, and I think there's a lot of us like this, I really love and thrive when I can put something in context having something out of context feels so much more ambiguous. So then the next one is kind of a three-part exercise. And so it's about facing your fears, identifying them and moving through them. So the first step in this exercise is to write down what are your very biggest fears? What are you afraid of? And what are those fears? Really drill down and try to get those fears down to a few words or less so that you have a few quick statements or words. Then the second part of that exercise is to take each one and write down what is the worst thing that could happen as it relates to that fear. And then after you've done that, go through a third and final time and write down, if that thing happened, what would you do and how could you reframe it for growth? And what normally happens is you identify that either, you know, there's actually a lot of risk mitigation that you could do and it's very unlikely that worst thing would happen. And, or you take a look and say, if this worst thing happened, I could handle it. Here's what I would do. I'd have a plan. I'd have a way of approaching or addressing it. And here's how it would help me grow. So that one is really great when you have something specific that you feel blocked on, a decision that you're feeling really indecisive on. A lot of times there's some fear that could be more deeply rooted with that. And so I suggest trying that one out too. And that one's been really helpful. Yeah. I think that one's really good to 
because you know, even when you start mapping out the worst case scenario and what you would do, you start realizing, oh, I would be totally fine. I would be able to handle this. It would be awful and it would suck, but I would be able to handle it. So yeah. that one's really helped me as well. And, you know, even just in taking risks for sure. Yeah. You cannot predict the future. We know that. Yeah. Everything that's happened in 2020 as evidence of that, none of us could have predicted that that was going to happen. And a lot of times this year for me, there's been a lot of uncertainty and there still is. And I've also had to make a lot of decisions. Like, am I going to stay at my job? Am I going to leave my job? All these different types of decisions were coming up. And one thing that's really helped me is just making the decision based off of right now, all the information that I have in front of me right now, but then also your larger vision as well. So you want to make sure that it maps up to that. But with the example of leaving a job, for example, right now, that is the best decision that I could make, even though in the future, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, How will I be impacted by the current situations of what's happening with Corona and if I can come back to the US and all of these other things. But right now, that's the best decision for me. So I'm just going to do that and know that I'll back myself no matter what it is. So I think that can, you know, that can be applied to anything. Just make the decision based on what's best for you in that moment because you have no idea what will happen in the future. Yeah, it reminds me of that Baz Luhrmann quote from the sunscreen song, but I think about it all the time. It's like, don't worry because worrying is as useful as chewing bubble gum to try to solve an algebra equation because the things that actually do end up being the problems are the things that never crossed your worried mind. And I think about that a lot because I think this year is such a great example of that. What were you worrying about ahead of this year? What was making you fearful? I would imagine for most of us, it was not a global pandemic. No, it definitely wasn't. And all of those things that we were worrying about, I mean, I, I don't even know what they were because I know they didn't <laughs> they seem so trivial. The, yeah. The global pandemic swept right through the, all of that. So yeah, that definitely. And I think the other thing I would say is having some sort of consistent practice. So for me over this last year with all of the uncertainty going on. I've stayed very consistent every day with meditation and journaling. I don't journal every day, but a few times a week, three to four times a week. And I just kept that with myself. And when I journal or when I when I get really scared or in that worry mind frame, journaling really helps me. And that's not going to be the same for everyone. But I think just having something consistent that you do every day really does strengthen that that trust muscle with yourself, you, you're showing up for yourself every single day. And I, I do think that that really helps me grow quite a lot this year by just having that practice. And it made me kind of get to know myself a little bit more too, with all the journaling and the meditation and the how much I've been by myself doing those practices. Yeah. And I think that in addition to it being a practice that you keep, it's great because journaling is such a release. It's a way for you to release thoughts or fears and release them onto the page. So just like you said, journaling is not going to be everyone's thing, but what's the thing for each person that gives them that release? So with that, we hope that we've given you a few things to think about. Let us know if you apply any of this stuff, if it's helpful for you. It's been so helpful for us. With that, as promised, 
back by popular demand is Cassandra Joan Butler, our astrologer, who's going to give a look ahead for the month of October for your astrological sign. And she'll cover what's coming up with the moon cycles for the month. Hello, friends. I'm Cassandra Joan Butler, your star reporter, with your October astrological forecast. Mars, the planet of war, will, and action is still retrograde in October. This gives us more time for reflection, redoing, and reconsideration. During this retrograde, be conscious of rethinking what makes you angry. The energy inspires us to go within to heal old wounds. For Aries, October is your relationship time of the year. The full moon of October 1st illuminates what compromises are needed in both business and personal relationships. As October ends, your focus shifts towards ensuring long-term financial security. Taurus, make improvements in your skill set and productivity. The full moon of October 1st shows you what changes are really necessary at work. Pluto moving forward on October 4th may trigger a purging of old beliefs. As October ends, make stronger bonds with your closest partners. For Gemini, October favors fun, romance, and friends. As Pluto moves forward in early October, you'll find some much-needed financial answers. The new moon of October 16th inspires the romantic side of life. As October ends, your attention turns towards self-improvement. Cancer relationship power struggles begin to be resolved after Pluto stations direct in early October. And then for the rest of the month, your attention is all about the home and family. You'll also have an opportunity for healing old hurts with a family member. The energy shifts towards enjoyment, romance, and fun as the month comes to a close. Leo, your communication sector is highlighted as October begins. Use this time to organize your thoughts, write, teach, or market your ideas. The new moon of October 16th inspires you to redo your schedule. And as the month comes to a close, your attention turns towards making home improvements. For you, Virgo, October favors financial management. The 16th signals a time to explore new ways to bolster income. Perhaps a hobby may shift into an income stream. October ends up on an up note, clear thinking with less self-judgment. Happy birthday, Libra. Enjoy a sense of renewal and confidence as October unfolds. The full moon of October 1st is an excellent time to explore ways to improve your partnerships. As October ends, your attention is on money. Late October favors financial planning and enhanced self-esteem. For you, Scorpio, the energies of October support a sense of spirituality. Make time for meditation, prayer, and retreat. The new moon of October 16th inspires you to explore your dreams. Late October begins your birthday time of the year, so assert your goals with greater confidence. Sagittarius, October is your time for networking, friendship, and fun. Pluto moving forward on October 4th in stills a determination to get your financial house in order. The new moon of October 16th assists your social goals. You may meet a new important contact. Late October is a time for you to rest and relax. 
October for Capricorn opens with a tense note. The full moon of the first inspires you to try to balance all those demands between work and home. Overall, the month favors you taking more responsibility in your life, especially in your career. And as October ends, you just may want to get out and be social. Aquarius, the full moon of October 1st, helps you to integrate many of the internal changes you've been feeling. Mostly, October is a month for adventure, trying new things and getting out of your usual routine. Late October finds you in an enhanced leadership role. Improve your finances, Pisces. October favors an improved income stream or at least a better way of managing your money. The new moon of October 16th helps to expand your consciousness. The month ends with you craving an adventure. For Vera, I'm Cassandra Joan Butler. Have a blessed October. All right. That was Cassandra, everyone. As always, I love her readings. She's always super on point with me. All right. Well, we hope that you enjoyed this episode and got a lot out of it. Let us know what you think. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. It helps us grow. This is Stefania in Los Angeles. And this is Catherine in Sydney, Australia. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.